Mamela. Fellow South Africans. COVID connected. Corona Diaries. Lalela. Techeresa. Laced. Listen. Yingisa. Utrela. Welcome to COVID Connected. My name is Nandi Pamaliti and I am not alone. I'm with my lovely co-hosts. Hey y'all, I'm Batin Jobe. Hello guys, it's so lovely to have you guys. You know, today today is going to be a good day. <laughs> so this is COVID Connected. So it's a branch of Corona Diaries where we give you a sneak peek into what happens behind the scenes of Corona Diaries. From the production team to the trends, we give you a light-hearted angle to our new situation as journalism students at Rhodes University. So, in this episode, we will be diving more into what Corona Diaries is about by talking to the spearhead of Corona Diaries, Dr. Jean Detroit, the executive producer, Karen Blau, and the production team that are in charge of the audio and visual imaging, Nkosi Ngobo and Hanika Dupree. Bati, can you please tell us more about what is Corona Diaries? So, um, Corona Diaries documents the life in the times of COVID-19, sharing the stories of hope, trials, and triumph told by the JMS2 podcasting class at Rhodes University. So, the podcast was started as part of the online learning for the JMS2 students, and we will have Dr. Jean Detoy telling us more about it, like Nandia said. The idea behind the Corona Diaries podcast was for students to be able to tell stories about their experience of COVID-19 from different parts of South Africa. Um, The second years had been sent home uh, when we first went into lockdown in South Africa in March and were expected to continue with remote and online learning from their location in different parts of of the country and even from outside South Africa. So we decided on the focus of uh, Corona Diaries because that was the story that they were best placed to tell um, at that moment in the context of lockdown. Uh, The lockdown regulations meant that students were not able to go outside into public spaces and interview people whom they were not in in constant contact with. The only people that they could really uh, do stories about were the people in their own intimate spaces in the homes in which they lived. and therefore, the, this focus on, on, on their experience of lockdown seemed to be the natural thing to do. Um, and we also decided on the audio diaries technique because, uh, in fact, all over the world, uh, people have been producing COVID-19 audio diaries um, because it really is the completely natural storytelling vehicle for capturing people's experience of this moment in history. So that was Dr. Jean Tatoy basically telling us what is Corona Diaries about. So guys, when we started this year, we had no idea <laughs> what 2020 had in store for us. And obviously because of like the change that happened, we had to change our whole learning and how we teach yeah. um, journalism. I don't know, for me, personally, I feel robbed. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm sorry to say that, but honestly, I... I, I 
totally agree with you. We had a different plan. We had provisions. We were like, okay, if this happens, I'm going to do this. And if this happens, I'm going to do that. And then COVID hit and there was no plan. I've never lived through a pandemic, so I didn't ex- like I didn't expect any of this, and I wasn't ready. Mm. And I probably only adjusted in like May. It took me yeah, it <laughs> um, took you over a, a month. Yeah, to so adjust like okay. Your dude, it was I, so unreal because at the beginning of lockdown, I just thought, okay, this is going to be twenty-one days. Let's keep it moving. Mm. But that's definitely not what happened. Yeah, uh, even when we left campus, we were like, okay, it's going to be, we'll be just two weeks, <laughs> and then we'll be back, and then boom. <laughs> Come on, like, yeah, it, it really hit us, and especially with the plans for the course as a yes. whole, because we're looking forward to our to, to, the, to the podcast, uh, your soul of Makandas, the yeah. salons, you, 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 you name them. And then COVID hit, now we have to change the whole course into COVID-related, because remember, we journalists, we have, to, we, we, we have to deliver news for them, and guess what? We had an amazing team. To change that, to change that, big up to the team, eh? Definitely, yes. definitely. So, guys, uh, as uh, Lazola just told us, like we had a completely different plan to what how we were going to start this year, and we're just going to let Dr. Jean Tutoy tell us more about what that plan was before we got into the pandemic. Usually, we offer the podcast course twice a year, once a semester, and there are about sixty students who take part in each cycle of the course. We divide them into little groups of about six students per team, and then each of these teams are led by a tutor who is a senior student in the School of Journalism and Media Studies. And we require of each of those teams to produce a podcast series. So they conceptualize the podcast, and then they produce maybe four or five episodes of a podcast series. And they can do that because they have access to the resources in the School of Journalism and Media Studies. There's an audio section with a a little laboratory with computers with audio editing software loaded on them. There's a studio where they can go and record. And there's a store where they can sign out professional field recording equipment. But now, in the context of the pandemic, they didn't have access to any of that. Um, The only thing that they had access to was their mobile phones that they could use for recording. And, of course, a wonderful team of tutors that could still guide them through the process of storytelling. So we decided a different approach in which the students would be filing stories from the field and we produced one podcast, which was the Corona Diaries podcast. And that podcast was produced by the tutor team who took the stories that students would send back to them and crafted them together into the podcast series. COVID Connected. Welcome back. You are still listening to COVID Connected. So as Dr. Jean de Toit uh, basically talked us through what was happening before the pandemic hit. So we all had our smaller groups and we had our smaller little podcast. I had connections. You, you I had, had the salon. Mm. I had the soul of Makanda. <laughs> so we had our own little podcast that we created in our little groups with uh, the Jern students. But now, because of the COVID, we had to create a whole new way of uh, doing podcasting. So we had people actually like do podcasting out of their pockets in their homes. It's very strange, but very interesting to watch. I mean, um, during this time, a friend and I sat down and she showed me how to make a sound box. 
very random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's an old crate with some egg carton things and on the sides. Put that, you know, stick it together, and mm-hmm. that's where she recorded. And I, I remember speaking to this other guy who um, records in a box that has a pillow. So he just placed a, a pillow in a box, and that's where he records. And his sound sounds like he's in studio. Wow. Mm. It's really amazing. But with these kind of experience comes um, a new shaped future, don't you think? Mm. Yeah. I mean, from now, I can say, listen, I'm not coming into studio. I'm going to do it in my house. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to climb into my cupboard. I'm going to record. <laughs> For real. Yeah, basically, that's just it. Because now it's more like... Each and every day you have a studio in your pocket using your cell phone because you can record, your phone has a, uh, a nice quality microphones and then you can edit through cell phone or, or, or Lexus Audio, your Audacity, and then boom, you're done podcasting. Yes, like sorted. Sorted. And it's free. <laughs> so some of the things that we use in studio are, yes. yes. So you heard it, guys. All you need to do is hop yourself into your wardrobe and record. <laughs> That's all you need to do. But it makes us question, to be honest, like what is going to happen in the future? Is yeah. this the future of journalism? And we have Dr. Jean once again telling us about what to expect for next year. I'm not sure what we're going to do next year when we teach this course. Uh, it's anybody's guess what 2021 is going to be like. Maybe we'll still have the pandemic with us. Um, and then we will still have to do online and remote teaching. Um, and maybe we'll have returned to some kind of normalcy with students who no longer have to be fearful of infection and who have access to proper resources in our building with field recorders and the studio and so on. But I suspect that even if that's the case, we're never going to go back to teaching audio storytelling in quite the same way as we had done before 2020. There's just so much that we've learned about good storytelling from the perspective of ordinary people through having done this exercise um, and the richness of the audio diaries tradition as something to draw on as part of the way we learn about good storytelling. So I think that in 2021 we'll find ways of still making use of the audio diaries technique as part of our second year course. Yes, I definitely agree with Dr. Jean de Toit, guys, that things are definitely not going to be the same. Like, we're definitely not going to go back to uh, the journalism we're used to. And um, I think it's a good thing, you know. I think it's great to be one with the times and, like, change with the time because it's not... Uh, it's not great just doing the same thing each year. So I think even though the pandemic has been horrible, I think it's given us new opportunities to try uh, different types of journalism. For me, I I believe it's gonna it's made us more flexible. Yeah. Right. I think as a a, a budding you know a media practitioner, I always thought of audio as this thing that's supposed to be clean and. If you want to change it, then you decide what type of background sound you want, what type of disruption you want in your sound. And now I'm learning that people's different background noises make good audio as Mm. well. Because for me, it was always a thing of I add background sounds. So if I want to be in the background, I'll record a beat. Mm. But now it's like if a person's outside and I can hear random birds chirping, it doesn't irk me anymore. 
But normally I'd record what I'm saying in a studio, mm. go get the birds myself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then add them on. So I think it's it's made us more flexible. I know personally it has. Now I, I'm ready. That's yeah, okay. yeah. Like as you, as you are saying, it, it has made us journalists uh, to be flexible with this. And you also think of the of the future now. Like how will uh, the future journalists uh, gain the skill? Of of, of of being a journalist uh, from afar and like now things will be different because as you, as you are saying it's just the studio you only want clean sound and then you add your own ambience but now you already have your own ambience there which which may be less work but you, mm. you we don't know what the future holds in terms of um, the journalist and gaining skill will be hey Speaking of skill, though, I, I'm a bit worried because there's certain aspects that the JMS2 podcasting students didn't get to um, explore. But I know Ulazola got a moment to speak to Kyron Blau about it, and he had quite a bit to say about it. I do think that students miss out on a certain element of producing a podcast themselves. But I think it's important to note that the circumstances that we find ourselves in, and if you look at teams and groups, even then when, if production were up to the students themselves, some students wouldn't be able to participate fully in that process. So yes, they lose or they lack a certain practical skill but they gain the skill of telling really great stories and some amazing stories came out of um out of the podcast and the submissions made by students so and also i think the reason why we decided to take up the responsibility of making the or taking charge of post-production is because most of us or all of us are quite well resourced in terms of the skills, in terms of the skills, excuse me, and then also access to resources. So I had direct access to campus, for example. Um, If there was resources that needed to be used there, tutors also were able to contribute there. So even though they lost that sense of making and working on a podcast themselves, they still had the ability to tell amazing stories, which some of them, if not all of them, were really able to do very well. I honestly think they did an amazing job, like, because we had a very different experience when we were in second year. I think we actually, um, I do honestly think they missed out on a few key learning opportunities. And, uh, but they did learn new skills and they did do an amazing job in doing so. But like, as we are part of the production team and I feel there's a lot of things that they missed out on, such as, um, learning more how to like edit properly and how to, how to interview. yes how to interview there's just those key learning opportunities that they missed out on what do you guys think for me it's like a, a thing of i remember i was awkward beginning on my second year i i knew nothing for me the main thing was learning how to interview not only interviewing people close to you because i f- i felt more comfortable doing that but going out into the streets into the community and speaking to a random person Mm -hmm. about something that's close to them and getting them to unpack all of that to a stranger which is you was a a skill that I definitely needed and I think my second year really taught me that but um, they learned other valuable skills that I wouldn't have 
For example, they can record in random places. They find very intimate stories, you know, things that are very... Like, for example, there was one girl who did a story on um, a healthcare worker in their community who's currently in the front line facing the pandemic. Mm. That's something we never got to do. And I think that's really cool. Like, in second year, you're getting to produce stories that are actually, like, relevant and interesting, you know? That, that, that's nice. Mm. I like that. And yeah, second year allows one to practice our journalism for the future. It's more like when you're done with the course, you are semi-qualified to, to work for a radio station. <laughs> like you, you can conduct your own show and, and, and work in a, in a newsroom. And as you're saying, when about Uguba, um, there are skills whereby you're like, okay, they missed on the adrenaline rush or of... Mm. Uh, like uh, trying to get sources uh, or mm. for, for for your stories for your stories you know you're like okay you have to be there at one 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 pm and you have you still have lunch a class pair like twenty so you check they missed on that part however we didn't get the chance to work on our own time and mm. they have that privilege Mona. you check they that which is that is different from what we did eh so what we're saying is that they missed out on that newsroom kind of yeah. that, that agenda. They missed out on the fear of missing an interview with the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely missed out on a lot of things, but they gained so, so much. much. They definitely yeah. gained so much. So we didn't only speak to the executive producers, but we also looked at what actually went in behind the scenes of uh, the production team, the post-production. So we spoke to Nkosi Ngobo, who is a mix engineer who dealt with editing and mixing the whole podcast and also creating the jingle. So here is Ngosi speaking about what actually went in to creating the audio signature. So what what goes into creating a, a great signature for a show, I think it's 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 cohesiveness above everything else, I think. First and foremost, I just think that the jingle or a signature has to translate as close as possible what the actual show is about in terms of the sound, in terms of the energy, the mood, you know? Is it young and fresh or is it more mature and more more serious kind of thing? Or is it a more fun, laid back, unfiltered kind of thing? That also has to, all of that has to sort of in some way be presented in the signature. The whole point of, of Corona Diaries, it is to sort of capture the students' experience of lockdown and this pandemic that we are in currently. So having those different voices saying um, Corona Diaries in different languages kind of expresses and stands for that multiple locations, geographic positions that we are all in working on this collective remotely. So that kind of just already sets the tone and then looking into the music i had to because in as much as we are capturing experiences of individuals during this pandemic it doesn't necessarily have to be a dull show or be sad because it's not current affairs per se it's a podcast it's it's unscripted it's, it's unrestricted in a sense where if you look at radio it doesn't have a lot of restriction as to how far you can take it. So podcasting is the sound cloud of broadcasting, if I may put it like that. So you kind of have this whole 
freedom to just take it in whatever direction you want. So in as much as I had a brief, but I still had an idea in my head on how I wanted it to come out. And I think that's greatly sort of based on the music and the structure, the quick effects and the switches and the scratches and the changes of of effects in the vo- in the vocals and things. All of those things just kind of, when they finally are together, they express this one thing, which this is a young and fun kind of podcast, but at the same time, it has this as its subject matter. COVID Connected. And that was Ungo Singh taking us through the process of audio imaging production, and that is a not-so-easy job to do. So, guys, like, don't you think that was a bit difficultish, but the team managed to deliver on a short space of time? I think it did a great job. Um, I always, like, I'm very fascinated with what goes into putting together, like, the show imaging all the aspects from the visuals to the audio and the kind of marketing people do. So it was very interesting to to see um, the process and to hear about the process from Mongosi because I mean, I don't know where I'd start, honestly. Yo. But I like the layers of um, the use of language, trying to keep it contemporary mm. because it's a youthful podcast. I think that's a very good aspect that he captured really well with the, mm. with the jingle. And yeah... I think he did very well, especially because um, he also just didn't do the jingle. He was also in yeah. charge of putting together all the audio from all the students and working remotely. I think this is a first time for us. Like, And he still is a student. I yes. Think that's yeah. Like, Honestly. that's an amazing but, thing that you can do. Like, I wouldn't have been able to personally. I think I, I was already overwhelmed with everything, <laughs> my own online learning. So for him to be able to do that is just like amazing. Yeah. Shout did, out to did, 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 yeah, mm. a yes. fascinating job. Like you, you check with the audio imaging of the podcast. Now we were able to produce and not only with audio, also with the image visually visualization of the podcast. Like you check, you you see a certain color and you're like, ah, oh, I identify this color with Corona Diaries. Okay, now let's hear from Oheneka Dupri to take us through the process of the image visualization of the podcast. My designs were wholly inspired by every person involved with the podcast, our different circumstances and what we managed to create together. Um, I really wanted to capture the fact that we were all scattered across the country with very little to our disposal, but somehow we came together and made things work. So the initial idea was to draw on elements of the Corona Diaries podcast to represent who we are and what we're doing. And it boils down to we are journalism students who are learning to do podcasting, but an ill-timed pandemic has scattered us across the country, placed us in unfavorable conditions, and has accentuated our differences. But we are determined to somewhat level the playing field by using what we have to do what we can. And design-wise for me, this immediately invoked a sense of what Afrikaans people call spook and plak. And um, it translates to spit and paste, which is kind of gross now that I'm saying it out loud. Um, But it basically just means to make something from limited resources. My design process obviously started with the basic idea that we're all 
different people in different circumstances from different places coming together to create a podcast. Uh, I then identified keywords or factors I wanted to visually represent, such as podcasting, the pandemic, social distancing, innovation, etc., etc. <laughs> I then sought out to find textures, colors, illustrations, you name it, to serve as representations. Uh, shout out to Stuart Hall, our representation king. <laughs> anyway, uh, what I did to bring everything together is a process I can't necessarily explain, not because it's some extra mundane affair. I mostly just sat in my room with the glue stick, later on my laptop, with some Midwest emo music in the background. My designs make use of scruffy and scrappy textures and colours, um, and that serves to represent the fact that we don't have fancy equipment or software. We have stuff laying around our homes, cell phones, maybe laptops. You know, um, we use closets and boxes stuffed with pillows as recording booths. We do interviews in our pajamas. Nothing about this is Lani. So nothing about our visual representations should be Lani. Um, and I also made use of provincial maps, um, but that's obviously just to represent the fact that we are scattered all over the show. The only respect I really demand from future editors for my designs is just respect the aspect ratio <laughs> um, and don't use it in offensive context. So that was Han, and I th she captured it perfectly. Mm. Um, I mean... I looked at her work and also like the explanation makes so much sense. In a time like this, you don't exactly expect the most seamless of work. Mm. You need the situation to reflect, you know, the image to reflect the situation. Yeah. I totally stand with that. And yeah, she did a brilliant job. I like. it. She really did a brilliant yeah. job because she showed us like you using what you have now with you, like you're using your pen, your paper mm. to to create beautiful artwork for our audio imaging and I was part of the team that was working on the website and we drew a lot of mm. our inspiration from all her artwork and it was it was really amazing what she created yeah that was that, that was the one and especially like using uh, different backgrounds and you know we are a diverse country so everyone has to relate to the podcast you know like that mm. was the one hey it's different ways to 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 um to highlight different demographics, you know. Mm. And I think she layered it well because I for me I found it interesting how she used um the actual image to reflect how scattered we are mm. as well. I think that was very a very interesting bit of her work. And that was it for the first episode of COVID Connected. So in the next episode, we further unwrap what is to come for the second season of Corona Diaries. My name is Nandi Pamaliti. I'm Batin Jobe. And I am Ulazola Chikwana. And this is COVID Connected. Yeah. Simki. Yeah.